Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. Whatever you're dreaming tonight, whatever you're thinking over the next four days, the reason you're here is to make sure that it ought to be you, right? It ought not to be anybody else. It ought to be you. And so when you're fit this way and you're thinking this way, then we can start to apply the go fast to this. So let's switch to that. What does going fast actually mean? Okay. What does going fast actually mean? So this may or may not surprise you, but this is how most people view traffic lights. True or false? Should I, shouldn't I? Shouldn't I, shouldn't I? Should I, shouldn't I, right? Sometimes we get in conflict. You can see the the hand don't walk and then the walk at the same, right? Okay, some of you have made up your own rules. I know that sounds kind of, kind of wild, but this is, this is what you look like. Okay, so 55 means 65, and 65 means 80, and if it says 70, then there theoretically is no speed limit. Boom, right? So it's time for a true confession, all right? How many of you have ever negotiated lane position when coming to a red light based on the number of cars in front of you and potentially the make and model of the cars in front of you. Let me see your hands nice and high. So that is, that is everybody in the room, right? Let's just try to navigate for position, right? So let's try this one out. How many of you have ever been in the grocery store and you're ready to check out and you kind of decide which line you're going into? You've reconciled the integrity issue that you do have more than 15 items, so you can't try to do express. But you're kind of jockeying for position, right? And then you pick your lane. And you pick your lane because that lane you think is going to be what? The fastest way out. How many of you have ever watched somebody get behind you with the same thinking, and then you look at the lane you would have been in had you chosen that, and you compare all the way to the end of the shopping experience? Let me see your hands nice and high on that. Okay, so we've all... We've all been guilty of this. It kind of reminds me of the little boy who was kind of confused, and and every day his dad came home, he would bring a briefcase, and the little boy said to his dad, he said, Dad, how come every day when you come home, you bring your briefcase? And the father said to the little boy, he said, I can't get all my work done at the office. And the little boy looked at his dad, and he said, Dad, can't they put you in a slower group? And we have this kind of appetite for speed And we don't reconcile the idea that most of the time speed is not good until we get it right so that it is good. So here's a thought. Steve Goodyear, who's a a columnist and an author, he says, it's a mistake to think that moving fast is the same as actually going somewhere. And I want you to really kind of contemplate this. What, What does that actually mean? Okay, have you ever tried to, to go fast and realize that you've actually been forced to slow down? Have you, ever, have you ever gone through that? We all have, right? And so here's the first teaching point to the idea of fast. Speed matters and speed kills. Speed matters, speed kills. There's no shortcuts to going fast, period, end of story. No matter what area of your life you are trying to apply speed to. It says on your notes that most of the time, 
the best way to go fast is to go slow. I remember as a brand new loan originator, my manager pulled me aside and said, um, we need to stop and slow down your efforts because your applications are not thorough. They don't look good. People can't read your applications. And it's taking us too much time to try to figure it out. So in, in essence, what Bob was saying is what? Slow down so that then we can then speed up. Have you ever seen how speed kills? Have you ever been pulled over not thinking you are going to get pulled over? Have you ever gotten into an accident you weren't planning on getting into? Have you ever seen how that happens? And what I want you to realize is the speed itself is not a bad thing. But speed itself is a bad thing to the exclusion of doing it right. And I want you to be thinking about this in, in really, really deep thought. So when I was training to, to be a private pilot, okay, one of the things that, that you do is you learn the, the six-pack of instruments, right? We have all the electronics, we have all the GPSs, we have all that kind of stuff. But when you're actually learning to fly, one of the six instruments you have to absolutely master is your airspeed indicator. So this is a picture of an airspeed indicator, and there's all of these different velocities. They're called V-speeds or V-ratings, right? If you look at the top right, you have what's called VSO. And VSO is the stalling speed when you're in a landing configuration. So if, you're, if your gears are down and your flaps are down, okay, anything less than 35, you're going to stall. So that's not a, a good speed to be slower on, right? It's a good speed to be a little bit more fast on, right? We go around and we see, we see VS1. And VS1 is if the flaps are up and the gears are up, and I'm only doing 45 knots, I'm going to stall. That's not a good speed to be at. When you look at the green arc around there, okay, the green arc is a normal operating speed. You want to be within that green arc. You don't want to go beyond this, and you don't want to be less than that, okay, because that's the maximum and the minimum operational integrity of the airplane. Those are the speeds you have to be going. When you look at the white arc on the inside, you cannot go faster than 88 knots with your flaps down or it will cause the plane to go into inoperative flight. So it's a good thing to be going that fast, but it's a bad thing to be going that fast with your flaps down, right? You got the green arc and then you hit the VNO and the VNO is really interesting. VNO is like the max structural speed in normal cruising weather and configuration. So I, I, I got to be really careful of when I get into the yellow, what is the yellow arc? It's like cautionary. You got to be really careful when you get into the yellow. And then you have V&E, which says never exceed speed. So the question is, when you, think about, when you think about loans and you think about realtors and you think about borrowers and you think about like this, and there's like seven more V speeds on this, you got to really know when to go fast and when to go slow. You got to know when to speed it up. You got to know when to slow it down. You got to ask yourself that, 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 that there's a recognition between just doing things fast and doing things what? Doing things right. So here's the second teaching point. There's a difference between doing things right and getting things done. You are far better off, I believe, in doing things right than you are just ticking a box and saying, I got it done. And the question you have to ask yourself is, does it make sense to speed up a borrower consultation or does it make sense to slow it down? 
in, in, in one way, I could say if you slow it down, you could speed up trust. On the other hand, I could say if you speed it up, you could miss a clear buying sign or a clear motive that they have in doing business with you. Now, too long is too long and too short is too short, but have you ever thought about the idea that I could go fast by asking one really great question instead of slow by asking 10 average questions? Have you ever thought about that way? <clears throat> think about a real estate agent. Think about a high-trust interview. Thinking, think about sitting down with a potential referral partner. Has it ever dawned on you that you could have a more vibrant relationship if you slowed down the interview and asked more questions? Could you have a faster engagement if you slowed it down to speed it up? When, when, you, really think about, when you really think about the business, we, we are pushed for speed. We're pushed for technology. We're pushed for all these instant this and instant that, right? But at the end of the day, as Chad said in Leadership Live, people desire the human connection in the big deals in life. And so there is no value in not getting it at the deepest level possible. In fact, I could argue that people that go too fast are not making the money they should make, and as a result of not making the money they should make, are not as healthy as they could be. And I want you to consider, is that possibly true? Like, have you ever had a real estate agent tell you that you're going to get the next deal, and like two months later, you're wondering where it is? Has that ever happened? Have you ever had a borrower leave a consultation with you, and you're thinking you're done, and then all of a sudden, they close somewhere else? Has that ever happened? <clears throat> so what am I actually saying here? I'm actually saying that if you slow way down, and you focus on the areas that matter most, not all of them, but the areas that matter most, and you have a perpetual dissatisfaction for how you're doing in that area, and all you choose to do is get good in that area on your way to great, I can tell you right now that your economic future would be transformed. And that's what I want you focusing on over the next three days. We got 23 people that are going to be on stage with interviews. We have 10 keynote speeches. We have 14 high trust coaches. I want you to be thinking about, have I really figured out that there's a difference between efficiency and speed? Have I, have I really done that? Have I really stopped long enough to think that there is a difference between efficiency and speed? So I'm going to read you something right now. This is an individual that is, is in this room. And uh, I'm just going to share with you some of the highlights, okay? <clears throat> so, uh, so, hey, Todd, just a reminder, I made a, a commitment to you in February that I would make uh, $600,000 by the time I arrived at Sales Mastery. It was February of this year. Okay, so what do we call that in high-trust selling? The law of leverage. Okay, you tell somebody you're going to do something, you have what? Accountability. <clears throat> Remember when I saw you, we were down to our last month of reserves and my P&L was in the red. I felt that I was in real trouble. The discussion I had with you about what's your purpose really spoke to me. Something clicked. I finally started implementing some of the strategies I've learned from you over the years. Somehow it got me to wake up and really start making the changes I needed to make. The day that I gave you my card, I, I, since the day I gave you my card, I've been working on that promise and looking forward to showing you my pay stub at Sales Mastery. This is a big, big-ass goal. 
in February to say, I'm going to make $600,000 by Sales Mastery. Hands up if that is a big-ass goal in your mind. Just 50, 50, 60, 70 grand. Okay. So I asked him, I said, what changes did you make? And he said, I redid my entire pre-purchase consultation with Marty's advice. I was amazed how the little touches make the borrowers feel so special. I updated my preliminary estimate system, so I also run a total cost analysis for clients over the timeline that they want. I became a certified financial coach with Dave Ramsey. I developed better questions for clients and partners. I moved from being a loan officer to a consultant. I implemented parts of the circle of cash flow. Now I'm generating business for accountants and financial planners. Totally absent from my business before. They're referring us a lot of loans to me. They're big loans, and the people appreciate the additional time and advice, high conversion. Best of all, Best of all, best of all, I haven't lowered my margins. In fact, I went up on conventional and had no pushback. The bottom line is I got better. The bottom line got better. You might want to write that down. The bottom line is the better I got, the better the bottom line became. This was, t- this was salient. I no longer try to do loans. I actually help people plan their home financing to complement their life plan and goals. That, to me is fit and fast. Would you agree? Okay, and so if you, if you take a look at this trajectory, he's going to finish the year even bigger than he ever dreamed possible because why? He's getting fit in the few things that matter most. So here's teaching point number three. The faster you get better, the faster you implement, the faster you will create more value in the market. That's what this is about. Okay, the faster I get better, the faster I implement two things. I got to get better, and then I got to implement well. You will create more value in the market. Here's the future. The future is the value you bring to the market. I said that last year. The future is the value you bring to the market. If you are not on a scale of fit at the highest value level possible, okay, you won't have the attraction you could otherwise have. The more value you create, the more attractive you become. As Chad said today, the more you slow down and get to know the people that you're working with and get to know the people that you're doing loans for, okay, the more that they're going to go out and help you attract from the marketplace. And I think this is just like, why wouldn't you? February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, nine months. Why would you not do that if you could? Does that make sense? So do you think there's a relationship between making $600,000 in nine months in health, if you're doing it right? 